Shalom, I'm Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries. Welcome to The Chosen People. Today we're going to be talking about God's plan for reaching Israel and the world. Joining me is my good friend and colleague, Robert Walter, we call him Bobby, our regional director who also leads our Brooklyn branch. Welcome, Bobby. Shalom, Mitch, and welcome, everyone. Uh, So, Mitch, I'm really excited about this uh, program today because we're kind of wrapping up our discussion that we started a few weeks ago talking about Romans 1.16 and how God's plans for the Jewish people and really for the entire world are just foundational and it begins with the spread of the gospel going to the Jewish people first. And today we are going to be talking about just some practical ways that we can participate in this mission. Wonderful. I think that it's very important for us to think about Romans 1.16 and other passages which emphasize the importance and the urgency of reaching Jewish people with the gospel. Uh, one of the statements I like to make on and off, and maybe it'll, it'll help you think this through as well as you listen, and that is we never want Jewish evangelism to become the great omission of the great commission. Mm. So certainly we were commanded to go into all the world and make disciples. But I want to make sure that we all know, as the body of Messiah, as the body of Christ, that bringing the gospel to the Jewish people is important and urgent in every day and every age. And in one way or one shape or another, we need to see how we can bring the gospel to the Jewish people, even in our local communities. And you know, when you can't talk to people about Jesus, you can always talk to Jesus about the people, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's a a call to prayer, Bobby. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't know Jewish people, then uh, ask God to find you a Jewish person that you can talk to. Or if you don't have a Jewish person to pray for, you can pray for me. Mitch Glazer, president of Chosen People (laughs) Ministries, I will value your prayers. And so God called the Jewish people to bring blessings to the world. That's true. In Genesis 12, 3, The Lord said to Abram, I will bless those who bless you. The one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So essentially, Israel was chosen for the sake of the Gentiles to be a bridge of redemption between God and the pagan world. But things have really gotten a little muddled and confused over uh, the last number of years. And I'm sorry to say that the Jewish people probably didn't do the best job bringing the good news to the Gentiles. God did use the Jewish people to write the Bible, preserve the text, Mm -hmm. and through the Jewish people, the Messiah came. Uh, The Jewish people uh, are—I mean, the apostles were all Jewish. The writers of the New Testament were mostly Jewish. I read once of a British Old Testament theologian made a really grabbing statement. He said, if anybody should have started a Bible society for the world, it should have been the Jewish people. <laughs> and, and there was that misunderstanding of the calling. And so sometimes we all can look at God as making us feel better, saving us, redeeming us, uh, giving us a purpose in life, giving us abundant life. And sometimes we can forget to think outside and we see the whole gospel message as pertaining to us when that's true, but if the gospel message 
is understood properly, then we understand that the gospel is to go out to everybody. God saves us so that we can be his instruments of grace and proclamation to a sinful and broken world. And the Jewish people, my people, never quite got that straight. So instead of developing ways and means to reach the Gentiles, to be a light to the nations, as Isaiah said, the Jewish people really went into survival mode. Now, you can't blame the Jewish people for that, Bobby, because the Jewish people needed to survive. You're right. And unfortunately, in Satan's strategic uh, plan, the Jewish people were persecuted by quote-unquote Christians for thousands of years, Mm -hmm. and the church became primarily non-Jewish. So today, if you ask a Jewish person, would you like to believe in Jesus, they would say, well, that's for the Gentiles. And besides, if they really get honest with you, they're the ones that persecuted us. So how can I become part of a people who are not my people who have persecuted me? And that's both the problem and that is also the solution in in a couple of ways. Number one, a candle burns brighter in a dark place, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And so since there's such a dark cloud over the history of Jewish-Christian relations and of bringing the gospel to the Jewish people because of these persecutions, you know, the Crusades and pogroms and even the Holocaust, because it's so dark that one individual Christian who shows a Jewish person God's love and understanding, that is so powerful. I mean, that's what happened to me. There were some Gentile believers that weren't even thinking about it, but they just embraced me and loved me and uh, they— I couldn't put together years of persecution with the way these people behaved. Mm-hmm. I said, it's almost, how could they call themselves Christians if they're not persecuting Jews? <laughs> and I said to myself, they must believe something different than what I was raised to believe about Christians. And it's true. It's true. There was no anti-Semitism. They would never have persecuted Jewish people. And as I found out through the years, those who truly love Jesus— the Jewish Messiah, loved the Jewish people. And if you love a Jewish person, that's the most powerful antidote to the uh, poison. And it is the light in the darkness, your love, that's going to shine through and make a Jewish person think twice about Jesus. And I think it's, it's possible sometimes for us as believers to underestimate the power of that kind of witness to a Jewish person of actually showing and demonstrating true love and compassion and uh, interest in the Jewish people, uh, because it will speak very loudly as a different view of a Christian, a different view of Jesus and his followers. Absolutely. And, and that's what did it for me, Bobby, and that's what did it for a number of my Jewish friends who came to faith. Uh, you know, in Romans chapter 11, there's a, a great passage in verses 25 through 29 that gives us a lot of hope. But it's really built upon God's covenant with Abram in Genesis 12, 3. I'll bless those who bless thee, curse those who curse thee, and through you all the families of the earth will be blessed. But it's not only in the first coming of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You see, God chose the Jewish people to work out his plan of redemption for the world. And that included the writing of the Bible, the sending of Messiah for the first coming, but it also involves the second coming, which is our blessed hope. And if you love the Lord like we love the Lord, which I'm sure you do or you wouldn't be listening, I know, I know that one of the aspects of and maybe the greatest element that comforts you of God's plan and purposes is the fact that he's going to come and wrap it all up. 
He's going to come and make things right. Mm-hmm. He's going to return. He's going to lift the curse, establish his kingdom, and bring true joy and salvation to the earth for those who follow Jesus. And the Jewish people will also have a lot to do with the second coming. So it's not just the first coming. In fact, one could argue, based upon Romans 11, verses 12 through 15, and Romans 11:25 25 through 29, that the return of the Jewish people to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob through Jesus the Messiah. So when the Jewish people believe in Jesus, it precipitates, it energizes the return of Jesus. So if you want to see Jesus return, which we all want to see for sure, then we need to be involved in one way or another helping Jewish people come to faith because that doesn't just pop out of thin air. So they need to hear the gospel because faith comes through hearing, hearing the word of God. Wouldn't you say, Bobby? Absolutely. So it says this in Romans 11, verse 12. Now, if their transgression, so talking about Israel's rejection of the Messiah, now if their transgression is riches for the world, which means that Israel's rejection of the Messiah the first time has essentially opened the floodgates for the gospel to go to the nations, to the Gentiles. If their transgression is riches for the world and their failure is riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their fulfillment be? Right. Okay, and then we jump down to verse 15. For if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? Makes me want to shout hallelujah, Bobby. <laughs> me too. <laughs> it's, it's just so clear in the Bible. And this is why the Jewish people cannot be the great omission of the Great Commission if we're to make disciples of all nations. And at the end of that passage in Matthew 28, 20, there's just this little phrase, which I love, and lo, I will be with you even until the end, Mm. the end of the age. That Greek word there actually refers to the events associated with the second coming of Christ. And so he will be with us through all of these events, whatever it is, God is going to be with us until the very end. And he will be with us spiritually. And then the cherry on the cake, really, is that when we think it's the end, it's really the beginning. Mm. Because when the Jewish people ultimately turn to Jesus, then Jesus returns and sets up his kingdom. And so he's with us all the way through our role in preaching the gospel during this period. And then when the Jewish people believe, that punctuates the end of the age and the return of Christ. And so you can have a role. I know it sounds strange. I'm not, I'm not date setting today, Bobby. Believe me. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> People have tried that and, uh, and they've all been wrong. And I don't want to really get stoned by anybody. Mm-hmm. But so I'm not, I'm not setting a date, but I am setting a, a process and the process that God established, which is why the gospels to the Jew first and also to the Gentile, is that God will send his son back to earth. Jesus will return after the Jewish people return to God through accepting Jesus as Messiah. And that's described in many passages like Zechariah 12.10 in the Old Testament and in Romans chapter 11, as you read in the New Testament. So that great day is coming. Technology has given us an exciting new way to reach the Jewish people with the good news of Jesus like never before. 
Prior to 2014, we had to rely on billboards, buses, subways, and newspapers to get the word out. But now, with the advances of technology and your partnership, we can reach tens of thousands of Jewish people with a simple click of a button in this exciting digital age. So learn more about our mission and help us continue reaching Jewish people over the internet by going online to chosenpeople.com radio. That's chosenpeople.com radio. Or connect with us over the phone by calling one of our team members at 888-293-7482. Thanks. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. So, Mitch, even though the Apostle Paul is considered the apostle to the Gentiles, he still saw Jewish evangelism as a priority. So, can we unpack Paul's letter to the Romans right now? In Romans 1.16, the Apostle Paul, also a Jewish believer in Jesus, writes, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Although Paul was considered the apostle to the Gentiles, he still carried a great burden for his own people. And he practiced what he wrote. In fact, wherever Paul traveled during, the, during his ministry among the Gentiles, he first preached the gospel to the Jewish people. He went to the synagogue of the Jewish people who lived in that area. We should ask ourselves why the apostle Paul made Jewish evangelism such a priority in his own life. The Apostle Paul's argument may be summarized as follows. If Jewish people are successfully evangelized, then Jesus the Messiah will return. There, there was a sense of end times urgency in his preaching, which is why Paul encouraged the Roman believers and us to prioritize the evangelization of the Jewish people. Romans chapter 11, verses 11 through 29, we have another very important passage where the Apostle Paul argues that God has not cast off his people, Israel, despite their national rejection of Jesus as their Messiah. Paul argues that God is not finished with Israel because one day all Israel will be saved, Romans 11:25 through 27. Paul writes in Romans 11, verse 15, for if they're being cast away is the reconciling of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? The Lord will not reject his people because he's always faithful to his promises. In fact, the very existence of the Jewish people today is a powerful argument to the truth of the Bible and evidence for the existence and power of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The great day of salvation for the Jewish people will bring about the return of the Lord Jesus and God's blessings upon the world will be poured out because in that day, Jesus, Yeshua, will sit on the promised throne of David as predicted in Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, and Isaiah 11, 9 through 10. The Bible teaches that the Jewish people will turn to Jesus in the last days, and it's only then that the Lord will return. This is why reaching the Jewish people with the gospel must become a heart priority to all Christians. The salvation and future of Israel described by Paul is the final event in the chain of events preceding the second coming of Christ and the culmination of the Abrahamic blessings promised in Genesis 12. There is a remnant of Messianic Jews today and I'm so glad to be included among that remnant. 
However, a great movement of Jewish people who will believe in Jesus at his coming is what really motivates us. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. So, Mitch, this whole discussion gets me thinking more about Romans 11 and the role that that portion of Scripture played in my own life. Romans 11.11 says this, I say then, they did not stumble so as to fall, did they? Talking about Israel. May it never be, but by their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make them jealous or to provoke Israel to jealousy. And for me as a Gentile Christian, this just screams that we have a job to do, that a major part of the reason that salvation has come to the nations is so that we can then in turn bring the gospel back to the Jewish people and provoke the Jewish people to jealousy. And Lawrence Hirsch, who leads our our CPM work in Australia, I heard this saying from him the first time, and it's just always stuck with me, that we're bringing the message back to the original messengers. And for Gentile Christians, it's a major part of the calling that we have on our lives to bring the gospel to the Jewish people. This has always been a very important part of Chosen People Ministries, which is to encourage Gentile Christians to make Jewish people jealous and share the gospel with Jewish people. Right. And one fun, practical way to do that, I mean, you mentioned prayer earlier, but we have a brother on our staff, Justin Crone, who likes to say that uh, when the clock hits 11-11, just pause and pray for the Jewish people. And that's a great saying because that gets us prayed for twice a day. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for some Gentile Christians who made my Jewish friends jealous. Wow. So I'm, I'm eternally grateful for that. But for 127 years, Chosen People Ministries has been encouraging Gentile believers to reach Jewish people uh, with the gospel. One of the things that we've done, which I think has worked really well in terms of gospel proclamation, is to plant Messianic congregations. So what's a Messianic congregation and how does a Messianic congregation encourage Gentiles to preach the gospel to Jewish people, Bobby? So a Messianic congregation is simply a a house of worship, a community of faith uh, made up of Gentile and Jewish believers, you know, mostly, who express their faith in the Messiah Jesus in a more Hebraic kind of way. And a major part and the purpose and the heart of a Messianic congregation is to create this environment where Jewish seekers can come and hear the gospel in a familiar setting and a place where Jewish believers can come and be discipled. You know, I've heard so many Jewish people tell me, you know, I'm, I'm angry, you know, at this Gentile believer. I said, what'd they do to you? I said, they know the Old Testament better than I do. <laughs> and, and, you know, you, you can almost see the jealousy e- erupting. And so we want to really invest in equipping you our dear friend and listener, and thank you again for being part of the Chosen People program. And I want you to know that we're rolling out a couple of new projects. Uh, Number one, we have a website called About Messiah. And About Messiah is very basic evangelistically. So you might say, I don't know enough to witness to my Jewish friend. Well, About Messiah is a website that knows plenty. And so if you can just love on this person and encourage them to look at aboutmessiah.com, that would be wonderful. We also have our testimony site, ifoundshalom.com. It's a wonderful site. We have over 100 testimonies of Messianic Jews. 
And if you have nothing to do, you know, in the next hour, you might want to just, after we finish, just look at a few of these testimonies and it'll be amazing. And you will see clearly that there are so many Jewish people that trace their salvation back to the love of a Gentile Christian and the witness of a Gentile Christian. Mm -hmm. And so this is so critical. And I also wanted to let you know that we will be starting a chosen people lay Bible institute. We have a seminary program, the Charles Feinberg uh, Seminary Program, affiliated with Biola and Talbot Seminary in California. It's operating in Brooklyn and online. And if you're interested in the in the full enchilada, <laughs> the full uh, degree, then you can look on online and look at the uh, Charles Feinberg program. You'll find it on the Chosen People website and even its own website. But we are creating something called the Chosen People Bible Institute, which will be asynchronous. There's a big word. It means you do it at your own speed. Mm-hmm. All the lectures will be video-based. There'll be some reading, some assignments, and I think you're going to love it. I just recorded a course on Jewish evangelism. Bobby's doing the gospel of Matthew through Jewish eyes. Uh, Someone already did church history, early church history, which of course is the history of the Jewish church because the early church was all Jewish. The book of Romans uh, or the epistles from a messianic Jewish context. And my wife is going to be doing Jewish history uh, very soon. And so we're gonna have a load of these great courses so that you can become equipped to share the gospel with your Jewish friends and neighbors. And we also have Isaiah53.com. Don't miss that one. And, uh, you know, I wish this happened years ago, you know, but now you can witness to a Jewish person and say, dear friend, you know, check out Isaiah53.com or IFoundShalom.com or aboutmessiah.com, and we have a new one called chosenpeopleanswers.com. And Mitch, I think it's also important to mention all the social media platforms that we're on. Uh, And this just speaks to, you know, a larger point that we want to use every medium that's out there to get the gospel to the Jewish people and to equip our brothers and sisters and churches around the country, around the world, so that they can reach the Jewish people. So you can find us on YouTube, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the other social media platforms as well. Wonderful. Some of our best stuff we're doing actually is on Instagram. And we have a YouTube channel that has just tons of stuff. And so, again, you can use material to share the gospel with your Jewish friend, and also you can use the material to become uh, better equipped to tell your Jewish friends and loved ones about Jesus. Because we never want Jewish evangelism to become the great omission of the Great Commission. You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. It's our desire to continue the Apostle Paul's mandate from Romans 1.16 to reach the Jewish people first. And we'd love for you to prayerfully consider how you can partner with us this coming year. When you connect with us, we'll send you a copy of Mitch's booklet, God's Plans and Purposes for the Jewish People, that complements today's study. I know that you'll really enjoy that booklet. It's short but it really tells the story of the Bible from a Jewish perspective. I think you'll really enjoy it. So we'll be happy to send that to you free of charge. You can call 888, the number two, Yeshua, Y-E-S-H-U-A. Again, 888-293-7482. You can also request a copy online when you visit us at chosenpeople.com offer.
And you can also write to us at Chosen People Ministries, 241 East 51st Street in New York, New York, 10022. And then don't forget, if you'd like more information about this weekly program, or if you'd like to listen to past episodes, just visit us online at chosenpeople.com radio. And now to wrap up today's message with the ironic benediction, here's Mitch once again with his good friend, Michael Rydelnik. Yivarechacha Adonai v'yishmarecha Ya'er Adonai panavalecha v'yichunecha Yisa Adonai panavalecha V'yaseim lecha Shalom May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace.